Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Blame It on the Aliens. I'm your host, Callie, and get ready for some amazing glitch in the matrix and paranormal stories. With that being said, and without further ado, let's get into it. always very open-minded, believed that everything's possible, and tried to get a scientific or mystical answer to everything that happened in my life. But for this story, I don't have a definite answer yet. Let's cut to the chase. As mentioned, this happened about three years ago. I live in Brazil, and I spent about three weeks in New York City for work. I arrived in New York on January 28th with flu symptoms, but not at all sufficient to put me in bed. And this was at the time when COVID was starting to get some engagement in the news, but nothing that could or would rise any global concerns because it was only in China and little to no cases in other countries. I worked as expected, healthy, only sneezing at the January 28th week, and I had the weekend free to explore New York City. As I already went to New York City other times, including a 40-day stay in December 2019, I just rode the city bike around Central Park and had lunch at the 14th Street Whole Foods Market restaurant because I needed to stop by GameStop to buy a PS4 power cord. Yes, I brought my PS4 to a work trip, LOL. I felt extra tired when having lunch and decided to head to the hotel uptown and took the subway there. Once I got to the hotel room, I was a little feverish, took some Alka-Seltzer and decided to take a nap. That was it. The next thing I remember, I was standing watching my soccer team play three plus hours after I went for the nap without a fever or any of the flu symptoms. I don't remember waking up at all. I don't have any memory of leaving the bed, turning on the computer and reaching for the streaming platform. One time I was lying in bed, nap coming. Split second later, I'm standing watching the soccer match without any of the symptoms and three hours later. At first I was like, okay, it was probably amnesia. I don't have a history of amnesia or memory loss at all. And this story only becomes creepy because of how the world events turned out in the next months until now. I mean, we were not caring about COVID at all. Nobody was giving a fuck and the situation was under control. And not only that, I believe everything became worse in all aspects. It's like I'm living my life before February 1st where the world was one thing and after February 1st, another world completely different. I read a lot about shifting dimensions, and this is the closest I went as an explanation of what happened. I mean, did I die from the flu?
So it's my second day at my internship and I found the basic needed facilities like the toilet, the staircase, lift, emergency exits, and so on. For the level I'm on, the toilet is one way, so there's a corner you turn to get to the toilets, and at this corner, there's a camera that points away from the doors. So if you have to go to the toilet, you would naturally pass by the camera twice. I got to the office, set down my things, and went to use the toilet. I finished my business and headed back to the office where I see my supervisor and the other person I'm supposed to be shadowing. And the rest of the people in the team were also standing over my stuff, talking and looking concerned. When I entered, one of my friends, who was also an intern at that place, saw me and honestly said, she's back, with so much relief. I looked very confused and said I just went to the toilet. My supervisor said, you were in the toilet for two hours? I was like, what? No, I was in there for 10 minutes max. Supervisor, then where have you been? We all thought you were missing. Me, what? I just got here and went to the toilet. Did no one check the toilet? Supervisor, we did, but no one was inside of it. What? Supervisor, I mean, well, at least you're okay. Back to work. I was still confused and brushed it off. During some free time in between tasks, I went to the security officer and asked to see the camera footage of the toilet on my level. He showed me and saw I had only passed the camera two times. And in between them, I saw one of my colleagues going into the toilet and coming out a few minutes apart. I thanked the officer and went about my work. So, yeah, I disappeared for two hours in my workplace toilet that had only one entrance and one exit. Edit. There are so many comments to say if this was the first time. And sadly, this isn't the first time. It happens almost once every semester on campus. The longest I disappeared is like eight to ten hours. My friend is well aware of it. I have had medical screenings done and psychological evaluations, but everything is normal. The toilet is also those with three stalls, but my coworker swears she opened all three. The video is timestamped with the time in hours it has been recording. I went in at eight hours and 34 minutes and came out at 10 hours and 30 minutes. My colleague went in at nine hours and one minute and came out at nine hours and eight minutes. The camera caught both of us going in and coming out. I did ask if they could check the rest of the cameras along the corridor from the toilet, and they did, and it all showed that I was missing for two hours. I specifically checked the camera in front of the office door that looks partially into the office and the corridors outside. The camera did see me walking through the corridor to the toilet and back from the toilet. The only thing odd was that the camera had shifted a bit for a few seconds to a minute. Like, it kind of glitches... I don't know, it it was at nine hours and 12 minute mark. But there's no way I could have exited the toilet and walked back to it without the other camera at the office door catching me. Or for the fact that I could have gone out past the office or walked around and went back into the toilet in about a minute. So 
some friends and I used to drink in this really old, abandoned, dilapidated farmhouse that was about a half an hour walk out of our hometown, Coldell, Alberta, Canada. It was a place we could drink and chill all night and not have to worry about cops and stuff like that. Although the house itself was a bit dangerous. It was ready to collapse for sure. We always sat on the top floor as it had the least amount of debris and had a nice wide open area where we could all sit in a circle. We'd bring a flashlight, but would turn it off once we got up there to our little area upstairs and just in case somebody happened to drive by and notice something suspicious might be happening. Although not even once did a car drive by ever on any night we were there. And if they did, it would be very noticeable because it was miles away from any light sources and was dead quiet other than the crickets chirping. Anywho, one night, pretty sure it was the Saturday, probably around 2 or 3 a.m. or so, a group of seven to eight of us heard the door open and some chatter. And we were like, oh, fuck. And quickly hit our booze, sat as still and quiet as we could and hoped that they didn't come upstairs. They did. And this is where it got weird. Although it was dark with no lights, we could easily see each other across the room because of the moon starlight. And this Hutterite family, they're sort of like Amish folk, all basically wearing the same style clothes and live in colonies and farm and shit like that. They come walking up the stairs. They were chatting to each other, but it wasn't in English. I think it might've been German, but I really can't say. Except for the two little girls, I guess they were around six to seven years old and they were speaking English to each other. They come into the open room we were in and started looking around. We were shitting our pants at this point. And there's no way in hell they wouldn't be able to see us all just sitting there in a circle. But they didn't. They would look right at you, but through you, like we didn't even exist. At one point, one of the little girls was standing right in front of me and said excitedly, this is going to be my room. We were all just sitting there frozen solid, looking at each other like, is this really happening? They continued to kind of just walk around and look at stuff. It seemed like they were checking out a new house they were going to be moving into or something. But if you saw the state of the house, you would know 100% that couldn't be the case. It was far beyond repair, and it was also 3 a.m. on a Sunday. So they walked around for about 10 minutes chatting away, seemingly completely oblivious to us. And again, there's no way they couldn't see us. But finally, they walked back down the stairs, and we heard the door open and shut in silence. No vehicle driving away, nothing. Just crickets again. We were all like, what the fuck? Did that just happen? Where the hell did they even go? A few of us decided to investigate and we go down the stairs with our trusty flashlight, go outside and there's nothing. No vehicle, no tire tracks in the gravel road, no people, no vehicle driving away. I mean, just nothing. This wasn't even a minute after we heard the door shut. So if they were on foot, they wouldn't have made it far. If they were driving, we would have seen or heard the vehicle pull up and also drive away, as this was flat, open, prairie grassland that you can see for miles. We would have been able to see them walking or driving away without a doubt. 
key points that make this event very strange. This house was miles away from any other house. There was no vehicle. It was like we weren't even there. We looked sketchy. Seriously, we had mohawks, tattoos, piercings all over our face, leather jackets with nails and shit sticking out of them, etc. There's just no way you wouldn't have seen us in an old abandoned house at that time of night and not react in fear. It was like 3 a.m. Why the hell would you walk miles on foot through the mud with young children to come check out an old dilapidated farmhouse at that time of night without even so much as a flashlight? That house is still there, but it's basically sideways now from the wind. There's no freaking way anyone in their right mind would go and try and fix it up. It's been over 20 years and everyone who was there that night is still scratching their heads on it. So strange. Edit. This was a bit over 20 years ago. I'm not sure if it's still there now. I tried finding it on Google Maps, but all the houses in that area are definitely occupied. But the last time I was in Coldell about five years ago, my girlfriend and I took a drive to see if it was still there, and it was. I'm thinking it must have been torn down for a new house somewhat recently, unless I'm just looking in the wrong area. We didn't expect anything paranormal was happening at any point while the family was there in front of us. They looked 100% real and solid and acted that way too. But it was like we didn't exist and they couldn't see the shape the house was in. Then they just walked out the door and even kind of slammed it shut. We all heard it loud and clear, but the door was still in the exact same place it was when we got there and there were no traces of anyone but us being there. Just our footprints going in and nothing going out. So this event happened on October 7th, 2019 at 5.46 p.m. And I'll briefly try to describe it. I was on my way to running some errands, riding in my car while on the phone with this friend. I remember the weather being super weird, cloudy, but hot. I don't really know how to describe it, but it felt like the air had some kind of heaviness to it. While I was talking to her, she said a few sentences to which I replied in agreement. Suddenly, she started saying the exact same sentences she just said 30 seconds earlier, only in a different tone and pace. It really sounded like she was just repeating herself and not like the actual voice glitch and repeated, which is what made it even creepier. So at this point, everything became fuzzy and weird almost as if I lost sense of time. In the meantime, I heard my message's ringtone going off a few times through the earpiece, but I decided to check them out later on. So I go on and tell her I'm pretty sure that she already said to me all of those things, and the most unsettling thing is that her voice would stop whenever I tried telling her, as if she was actually listening, but she would continue on as soon as I'd go silent without saying anything regarding the fact that she was repeating herself over and over. It was like talking to someone who was purposefully trying not to answer. It felt incredibly odd, 
especially considering each sentence was slightly different than the previous one, but the meaning kept on being the same. That's when I lost her completely. The line gets cut and I go check the messages I received earlier. Turns out they were actually from her. Two of them were missed calls and the last one said I should call her back as soon as I could. I was still actively talking to her while at the same time she was asking me to call her back. Definitely one of the most bizarre things that's ever happened to me. I used to live in Florida, in New Tampa, and it was a suburb section right outside of the university area. I lived with a friend of mine, and one day I borrowed her truck to go to 7-Eleven right by her house to get a sugar-free Red Bull. So I pull up to the 7-Eleven, that's about two minutes away from our house, and the one I always go to. I go inside, grab my Red Bull, and got in line. It felt like it took forever which I never mind. I always fill the wait time with a little reading, usually. But this time, I felt like I was standing in that line so long that my feet actually started to hurt. It was weird. The second I was about to put my drink down and leave, it was my turn to pay, and finally, I was out the door. Here's where the weird part comes in. There's another 7-Eleven about eight minutes away from my friend's house, and... That's the 7-Eleven I walked out of. I opened the door walking out as I was looking at my phone, and I looked up and I was at the 7-Eleven that was eight minutes away from my friend's house. But I just went into the 7-Eleven that was two minutes away from her house. I wasn't drunk. I don't even drink. No drugs. I wasn't overly tired or sick. It was real. I somehow walked into one 7-Eleven and walked out of a different 7-Eleven. So I called my friend and tell her something weird just happened and she started yelling at me. Where have you been? I've been worried sick. I'm like, what? I felt like I was only gone for a few minutes and not even long enough to go all the way to the other 7-Eleven. I knew the line was kind of long and it took a minute to get through, but... I felt like it didn't take longer than that. I hadn't gotten around to telling her that I felt like I went to one 7-Eleven and came out of another one. And she tells me that I've been gone for a couple of hours. So I told her I would talk to her when I got back to the house. I got in her truck and I back out of the parking spot, put the truck in the drive, pull away. And when I look up, what? I was pulling away from the 7-Eleven that was two minutes away from her house. So from there, I didn't look down or away from the road at all. I just sped back to her house, and when I got back there, I called her from the driveway and told her I was there. And she said, No, you're not. I'm outside waiting for you. I was in the same parking spot that I always use. Nothing changed. I mean, it was the same spot, the same thing that I always do almost every day. At this point, I started to panic a little bit, so I pulled the truck out, put it in drive, drove around the apartment complex and back to her house. I went a different way, which ended in my friend's driveway, and she was out there 
with my kids and her kids. I asked how long they'd been out there and she said for about an hour. I went inside and looked through my Google Maps activity and it showed that I had driven 31 miles away and then back. But I never stopped for the Red Bull according to my Google Maps. I was sitting there drinking it. My mileage in my gas tank said otherwise. A couple of weeks later, I got a vehicle and decided to move in with my now husband. And I've never had that problem again. My friend won't even let me talk about it. It horrified her. And I think I'm just chalking it up to an unexplainable scientific thing. This happened when I was around 18 or 19, but I remember it vividly because of how jarring and confusing it was. I've had a few odd experiences with dreams, but nothing in the middle of the day like this. So when this happened, I was still living at my home with my parents and we lived in my childhood home. This home was pretty much all I ever knew as we moved there when I was three years old. I had a habit of going on daily walks in the nearby park something I did nearly every single day since I was 14 or 15 years of age up until I moved out. It was the summer, around 1 or 2 p.m., and I went to leave the house for one of my walks. I slipped my shoes on and went to open the door as usual, but when I stepped out of the house and looked up, my neighborhood felt completely wrong. It didn't look different. Everything looked exactly the same as it usually did, But the small ravine next to our house, the tree in front of the yard, the steep driveway in our neighbor's houses, all of it looked completely normal, but I couldn't shake the feeling that there was something really wrong and different with all of it. It felt as if reality was warped or something. I stood on the front porch for a minute or so trying to figure out what felt so incredibly wrong with my neighborhood. And after a while though, I figured I was just being silly and made my way down the driveway. When I was about halfway down, my neighbor who was tending to his garden across the street looked up towards me, stared at me as if he saw a ghost, his face going completely pale and opened his mouth to speak. Before I could even stare at him in confusion, before he had gotten a single word out, I was back inside my house at my front door about to leave. I was completely shaken. I had no idea how I'd ended up back in my front door. I had no idea what I'd just experienced, and when I pulled the door open, it was completely normal. Nothing felt wrong anymore. It was all glaringly normal. I mean, the only difference was when I opened my door again, my neighbor was not out front gardening. I decided not to go for a walk that day. Years later, I have no idea what I experienced, and as weird as it sounds, The part that freaks me out the most is how wrong my neighborhood felt despite looking exactly the same. So between the weird teleportation back indoors and my neighbor acting as if he was staring at a ghost, the feeling of wrongness is the thing that bothers me the most. I don't know how to explain it. I didn't feel unsafe. It didn't feel like dread. It just felt like I was looking at a completely different version of my neighborhood at that moment and I don't think I'll ever forget it. I've never really told anyone about this as I'm usually a 
pretty skeptical person, but I've had no way to explain this. This wasn't recent. It was about 2016 or 2017. I live in Texas, and if there's one thing about us, it's that we're no strangers to long drives. I moved in with my grandparents in high school. My granddad, being the sweetheart that he was, drove me to school in the mornings and never complained about a 45-minute drive that it was each way. One particular morning, it was dark, as it usually was during the time we had to leave in order to get there by 7 a.m. And we were both rather quiet on the drive that morning and were content listening to the music and talk radio that he was playing. We were about 15 minutes into the drive when I noticed we were approaching fog on the highway. In my area, we don't get fog often. So I genuinely don't know if fog usually builds up gradually or if it's normal to have just a thick curtain of insanely dense and unmoving fog just appear in the short distance. That's not the part that weirds me out, though. It's what happened when we entered. When we entered, there was no visibility. There's no way to see cars in the four or five lanes of traffic just on our side of the highway alone. They just vanished. It was so thick, we couldn't see but maybe a foot in front of us, but I noticed it was oddly quiet. I couldn't hear any of the traffic anymore or even the sound of the friction between our tires and the road. Then, if the vibes weren't eerie enough, the fog turned into the brightest light engulfing the car imaginable. This wasn't potential headlights from the other side of the highway on the basis that the light was just too bright. It was like lightning struck us, except the duration was maybe a minute, I think. Every window you looked out was just this white light that almost hurt to look at. And during this time, our radio started to break up and eventually cut out completely. And then as quickly as the light came on, it just vanished. And when it did, the fog vanished too, and all the typical noises of the highway came flooding back, as did the radio. We both kind of looked at each other as if to say, that was so strange. And when I even started to ask what it was, my granddad just said, I don't want to talk about it. I think it genuinely disturbed him. Another strange fact about it all is that the drive was mysteriously cut in half despite us going not even a third of the speed in the fog. Anyway, again, there has to be a reason that this happened. What do you all think the light was? I live in a pretty small rural village in Germany. Less than 200 people live here. Not much around here besides fields, forests, cows, sheep, a donkey, and two horses. Directly outside of the house I live in is a road to the right, which 
leads into a field and then into a pretty thick forest. The route I usually take is around 11 miles. It doesn't sound like much, but the route is very rough and it's uphill almost the entire time and the forest has no roads. So you actually walk through rough terrain with thick tree roots and bushes, etc. Anyway, I walk this exact route one to two times per week and usually when it's already dark outside. I wear a headlamp for when it's too cloudy out and the moon isn't nicely visible so I don't get tripped or hurt. Why in the evening or night? Because I'm usually on the phone with a good friend talking and we live very far apart. It's day for her when it's night for me. I don't mind because that way I don't feel alone hiking. For people who are not familiar with German forest, the most dangerous thing you may encounter is like a wild boar. So it's usually pretty safe to just wander around. Almost no wolves where I am and even if there were, they would be way too shy to just show themselves. Bears are not a thing here. Also, no crazy people live inside the forest. The only thing you encounter is the farmer who drives up like one to two miles into the road to check on his livestock. After that, it's all forest. No fields anymore anyway. Now to the weird thing I experienced. Headlamp on, AirPods in, talking to my friend catching up. For the first five miles or so, nothing weird happened. I even had the headlamp off, though I wore it on my head. The moon was making enough light and once your eyes adjust to the dark, you can see quite well, as long as you don't sprint around the forest. The once I was in the deeper part of the forest, my AirPods started making weird sounds, almost like I was losing connection, but I could hear her voice still. It was more like a background buzzing. It wasn't actually interfering with my call. The buzzing went on and after 20 minutes or so, I suddenly noticed that I couldn't see as well anymore as I could. The moon was blocked by clouds, but these clouds didn't look like normal clouds. They looked like thick walls of fog, just way higher up than fog should be. I know it's hard to picture, but clouds usually look puffy or thinned out. These seemed heavy and wet. It's hard to describe. I told my friend to hold on for a minute because I had to focus on something. I don't know why I said that, but focusing on her talk was disrupting my view for whatever reason. Sensory overload, I guess. The thing I had to focus on was a huge, thick, deep black cloud. It kind of pushed itself through the fog-like clouds and positioned itself right over me, almost as if it was trying to throw a shadow around an area I was in. The cloud also started to swirl in the middle slightly, and that was when my connection just fell flat. I got the beeping sounds you get when you lose a connection, and gone was my phone call. No more bars, no mobile data, nothing. But my AirPods were still buzzing like crazy in my ears. That's when I felt uneasy, my neck hair standing up, cold sweats on my back and I started turning around to leave because the way ahead just seemed a lot more dark and sinister than my way back. The moment I turned around and started, well, slightly jogging back because I felt scared, was when I started to hear bell sounds, almost like church bells, but the sound was deeper. 
that typical ring you hear after a bell sound was just stuck in the air and it was giving me this weird sensation as if my bones were suddenly rubbing against each other. It was extremely freaky. All I remember is that I started to go from walking back to jogging, back to running back, trying to leave the forest and go back to the fields where you start. I didn't look back while running, but I could hear the bell sound getting weaker the further away I got and the fog light clouds were becoming less and less until I finally left the forest and I was back to the normal sky, then clouds and the moon. Once I got back home, I simply undressed, went into the shower and went to bed, thinking I just simply got spooked today or maybe I was exhausted and my brain went haywire. I don't know. But I never saw a cloud like that in my life. And church bells are not a thing late at night inside a forest. I never went back to hike that route. Never told anyone because, I don't know, I'm a bit embarrassed. But I did think of it today. So I was driving out from the fuel station and I drive past a silver car. When I look to the side, I see a girl driving with a white guy. She looks just like my bestie. Same shirt she wore today and everything. Weird part is she looked genuinely aware of me. She looked at me first in the eyes and got shocked, startled almost as if she was caught doing something she's not supposed to. You know how we look when we're caught red-handed? We locked eyes up until their car was all the way behind me and parked. She was with some weird white dude. Then he got out, looked at my car, then walked towards the garage and came back again, and he was even pacing. I mean, he looked like he was trying to figure something out or protect something. It's an unexplainable feeling like you're driving past the person you know, although you know they're not supposed to be there because you just dropped them off at their house on the other side of town 20 minutes ago. And the look in their eyes said either, how are you here? Or, wow, you're my favorite person in the world and I miss you. I called her right after and she was safely at home. What kind of explanation is there for this? This happened in 1992 as I had just graduated high school and was working in a warehouse. I kind of enjoyed it and settled thinking I will probably retire here. Yeah, I had zero ambition. I was a sad, lazy, cringe-inducing shitbag. A new guy started. It's a warehouse with high turnover, so nothing unusual about new guys. Everyone asked if we were related because we looked alike. He was probably late 30s, early 40s, and I was 18 at the time, and he was fatter. He seemed to carry himself like me, the way he walked and spoke. His second day, we worked together on a wrapping station, and the first thing he said to me was, you still have that penthouse magazine under your mattress? I did. Weird, but totally normal for teen boys, I suppose. He then said... I know everything about you. You're worried about never getting a girlfriend. 
I was floored, but I again thought it was just a usual teenage thing. I mean, I wasn't the best looking guy, so I guess it wasn't a stretch to guess. Probably the start of bullying and the end of my job as one thing I liked most about myself is that I have no problems fighting anyone, anywhere, anytime. No matter how big or how many, I was always down. I never won, but could take a beating and the person usually quit and never mess with me again. I asked him why he was saying all this shit and he looked at me and his expression is seared into my mind and left an image I see daily. He said, I am you. He then went on to tell me everything about myself. I mean, my deepest, darkest secrets that no one knows. Then he kept telling me more about myself. Then we went to lunch and we're outside smoking and yep, same brand, camel wide regulars. Hard to find where I lived so I never seen anyone else smoking them. I asked him to be serious and how he knew all this shit. He said, I already told you Tom Thalk. Tom Thalk is a nickname only one person called me and he was my dad's friend I barely saw. A crappy Jetta pulled into the parking lot and he said, that's our girl. She's a demon who's horrible to us. I asked him why he's with her and he said, she's the best we could do. When she got out, she was disgusting looking. I mean, like trailer trash would be too kind and she waddled her ass over to us and she said, let's go. Before he left, he stared right into my soul and said, we deserve better. Please go to college and stop being lazy and make something out of yourself. Trailer park girl just kind of laughed like, yeah, right. He left with her and I never saw him again. I think I ran into a younger version of her at a friend's house years later, and he introduced me and said we should hook up. I said no. I went to college and stopped being a pathetic, lazy cringe fest. I accomplished everything I set out to do as I always felt the need to not let him down. I know none of this makes sense. I mean, how can I explain something that I can barely understand myself? None of it makes sense whatsoever. Like, why would a future me get a job with me? He had to fill out a job application and have his references checked, right? Yes, I asked my manager, who was a piece of shit, who just told me to mind my own damn business and focus on my job and to try to be less of a screw-up. Has anyone had something like this happen to them? It has haunted me daily since. I'm 48 and have not seen any time travel machines. I don't know, just help me out here. Maybe in this once and for all. I grew up in Ohio in the 70s and me and my childhood friend Joe were outside all the time we could manage it. Joe lived on the farm that bordered a pretty big forest and my parents would drop me off in the morning and we'd stay in the woods all weekend. We'd only come out for school. We loved pretending we were frontiersmen. We'd build shelters, traps, practice making fire with sticks the whole nine yards. When we got to be in high school, we got this notion to pull a stand by me. This was based on the movie of the same name that had just come out. And the idea was that we'd walk the railroad tracks out into the country. But instead of looking for a dead body, 
we'd find cool bridges to fish from and camp a little ways off the tracks. Of course, we knew this was dangerous and we'd likely be trespassing, but we were kids. We had a lot of fun. We did find beautiful rivers. We discovered bridges that no one went to. We fished, we hid from trains. At night, we camped in the woods just near the tracks and made small hidden fires. Nothing bad ever happened. It was idyllic. In fact, it was so fun that we did it multiple times. Never had a problem. After high school, me and Joe went our own ways. We both left home, but always stayed in touch and always tried to coordinate visits so we'd see each other occasionally. Well, one summer in the mid-90s, it worked out that we were both in town for about a week. We'd do stuff with family in the day, and at night we'd either catch drinks or sit outside Joe's house around a fire and talk about the old days. One night, me and Joe got to talking about our stand-by-me trips and, well, nostalgia and fear are a hell of a mix. Soon, we decided to take a day, walk the rails, camp one night, and walk home. The day came, and we started out early morning. We had my wife drop us off in our old spot where we used to start, right outside of our hometown. She thought this was absolutely crazy and made sure to mention it. When she pulled away, Joe suggested that instead of walking the usual route, we take the opposite direction, just to be adventurous. We knew the land well, and we had a map, so I gave a what the hell, and off we set. The day went fine. It was fun and a little sad, but in a good way. We found the bridge and sat on the edge, smoked a joint, and moved on. We had no fishing gear, but we brought some canned food and other stuff. Before night started to set in, we picked a spot to camp. It was a thick forested area, trees on every side of the train track, so you felt like you were in a tunnel. We had brought small hammocks to sleep on, but before we set them up, we decided to do a little scouting of the perimeter. Now, this is what we used to do in the old days too. We just walk around the area a little bit to make sure some dude's house wasn't just over the hill and we were actually camping in their yard. We walked maybe a hundred feet or so into the woods and up a small incline. We figured if we didn't see anything from on top of the short hill, we'd be fine. But when we got to the top, we saw an old building down at the bottom, about a hundred yards into the woods. It was barely visible. We pondered over what to do. We both assumed it was a sugar shack or something because there didn't appear to be a clear road to it. But where we were, there didn't look to be anyone in it either. All was quiet, no movement could be seen, no lights. So we decided to walk a little closer just to make sure. We came down the hill very slowly and as we neared the building, we saw it wasn't a sugar shack at all. It was an old church. It looked like it had been abandoned for years. It was a squat, sagging building whose wooden planks were almost black from years of moss and rot. A cross still stood on top of the place, also weathered black. None of the windows had glass and there were no doors, just open doorways. We got close enough to see inside. There were rows of pews in a built-up section in the front of the preacher to stand at. We didn't go all the way in, but we didn't want to. 
Beyond all of that, there was no sign of anyone else, no footprints, no paths, no roads. It was an old abandoned church. We left immediately and went back up to the hill to our spot we'd picked to camp. Having a hill between us and the church made us feel better, but we were still a little uneasy. We chalked it up to the natural creepiness of seeing a church in the middle of the woods would elicit. Besides, at this point, it was dusk and we just decided to rig up our hammocks and go to sleep and move on early morning. Night set in and as we lay in our hammocks and shot the shit, we began to hear something in the direction of the church. Our conversation about it went a little like this. Do you hear that? What the fuck is that? Dude, it sounds like people singing. And it did sound just like singing. We both slid right out of our hammocks and hunkered down, straining to hear more. We listened for a minute or two and the singing continued, but it wasn't getting louder. Finally, we decided to creep back up the hill and see if we could spy where the sound was coming from. We could still move very quietly in the woods from the old days. It was just second nature to us. The moon was barely out, but it provided enough light so you wouldn't walk right into a tree, but it was near pitch black. We didn't use flashlights as we crept slowly up the hill and we didn't talk. When we got to the top, we saw a light in the distance. It was coming from the church and the singing was coming from inside. Joe and I put our heads close together and had a hushed conversation that boiled down to, can you believe this shit? The light looked to be candlelight from the way it flickered and though we tried, we couldn't make out what was being sung. It sounded like church music, but in another language. We sat and watched for a while, just trying to see who was in there, but we only saw occasional shadows. We had no intention of getting closer either. We had about a football field linked between us and we aimed to keep it that way. The singing continued for a bit and then it stopped. After that, a booming male voice began to chant. I was already freaked out, but this voice thoroughly scared the shit out of me. It sounded like some Old Testament preacher you see in movies. But again, he was speaking in a different language because we couldn't understand a single word. Eventually, it got to where the single male voice would say something and then a bunch of voices would answer in song. This lasted for a while and then they all broke into this loud, sustained well that just kept getting louder. And it got so loud and so disturbing that I covered my ears. Then it stopped. At this point, I was just getting ready to say, let's get the fuck out of here. When Joe put a hand on my shoulder and hissed, they're coming out. We were far enough away that we couldn't really make them out really well, but what we could see was a line of figures walk out the open doorway, all holding hands in a single file. We could see them and they had flashlights. They began to sing again and the light from the flashlights began to move toward us and the hill. We booked it back down to our campsite, grabbed our shit and ran to the tracks. Once there, we ran down the tracks in the direction we'd come from. After a few minutes, we stopped and looked back. We saw lights coming down the hill and they were moving erratically like whoever was holding them was shaking them. We continued to run in spurts and walk as fast as we could. 
and we eventually stopped seeing the lights and came to a road. By our map, we knew a small town was about 15 minutes down it, and we walked there, got to a 24-hour gas station, and called my wife to come get us. My wife and other friends all just thought it was kids messing around, but I heard those voices, and they sure as hell didn't sound like kids to me. I'm not sure who those people were, but it was definitely the creepiest thing that has ever happened to me out in the woods. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Blaming on the Aliens. If you have not already followed me on Instagram, my username is Blaming on the Aliens Podcast. If you would like to send in your own personal story, you can email it to blamingonthealiens1 at gmail.com or you can click the link in the description to send a voice memo. And I would love to have you on the show. If you have not already rated and subscribed, go ahead and do that. Hit the notification bell on Spotify and subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you're getting updates about upcoming episodes as I'm obviously a procrastinator and very sporadic and I do keep it pretty consistent but I wanted to say that this week I am going to be releasing episode number 20 which is technically next week's episode on Wednesday because it is going to be kind of a little bit of different format but I will leave that as a surprise for now but look forward to that on Wednesday so I will see you guys Wednesday for episode 20 and I will see you guys next Sunday for I guess a new season. I've decided 20 episodes probably should wrap up season one. So I look forward to making changes and improving and just growing as a show. So I will see you guys next week with more creepy, glitchy content.